Welcome to From Ashes to Beauty with John Ortberg. Each day, Monday through Friday, you'll find 10 minutes of relevant spiritual guidance on the kind of people we are becoming. Follow us on YouTube at becomenew.me or receive daily text alerts when a new episode is published by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. Invite a friend to listen along by sharing this podcast or sharing the link becomenew.me. We're glad you're here. And now, here's John. I'm John Hartberg, and I've really been looking forward to this. I'm eager to invite you to be a part of a spiritual journey to Easter and the life and the God. It's called From Ashes to Beauty. It's taken from a wonderful promise in Isaiah 61. God says he will send a servant, that was Jesus, who will come to bring good news, that's the gospel, life together with God, to people that thought they were left out, to the poor, to prisoners, to the oppressed, to people that grieve, to people that mourn, to people that are not enough. And God says, I'm going to trade your ashes for a crown of beauty. And we start this journey on Ash Wednesday. We start it with our own inadequacy. That's the That's the first step to confess that, to admit that. I have two things you might have noticed on my forehead. One of them is a bandage. I cut myself shaving. Uh, It's actually where they had to take off some cancer. Not a serious problem. I'm fine, but it needed to be dealt with. And the other is a, a sign of a cross, and it's made with ashes. And this is a very ancient tradition. Early on in the history of the church, people said, uh, we want to prepare ourselves to remember, to celebrate, to receive the power of Easter Sunday. And so they called the season of getting ready Lent, and it would be 40 days. 40 is a big number in the Bible. Uh, Eugene Peterson says that uh, 40 is a stock number with hope at its core. A time to examine and probe and test what's real, what's my life really built on. Noah's in the ark 40 days while God is cleansing the earth of violence and oppression. Moses on the mountain 40 days getting ready to see a vision of God and to receive the Ten Commandments, the moral law that would change the world. Israel's in the wilderness for 40 years while God is inviting Israel, learn to live on my promises to receive my manna one day at a time. Uh, The Appearance of Jesus comes after his resurrection for 40 days to his disciples. Test my resurrection. Build your life on it. Especially the church remembered those 40 days when Jesus went into the wilderness to be alone with his father, to fast, to be tested and tried. And at the end of that time came his glorious ministry. And so this season of Lent is for us a time to get ready for Easter. Some people think about it just as a time to randomly give up stuff. One woman that I read wrote online, 50 things to give up for Lent. Uh, one of them was to give up texting while driving. Uh, I think if you're texting while driving, you ought to give it up permanently, not just for Lent. I cannot imagine Jesus saying, hey, it's Easter. Go back to texting while you drive. If you text while you drive, you will probably meet Jesus a lot sooner than if you don't. Another man said that his girlfriend once said to him that she was giving him up for Lent. Don't do that. Bet. Don't break up for Lent. Lent is really not about what you're giving up. Our God is not a God of perpetual deprivation. It's about receiving more. And the reason why something like fasting is often associated with Lent is our our life gets so cluttered with things that keep us from having space for God. Lent is about more, not less. 
That's why Easter falls when it does. You might know Easter uh, is always on the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the spring equinox. And there's a reason for that. If you're wondering, why don't they just make it simple? Like 4th of July is always the 4th of July. The spring equinox is when the amount of light and the amount of darkness in a day is equal. And on the next day, there's more light than darkness. On the next day, light wins. And it keeps winning every day. And followers of Jesus believed this is our Father's world. He shines in all that fair. And our world itself is declaring his glory. It's kind of a parable, the light. It's coming to the world. Into my life, I want it. And then there's the first full moon after that. Full moon is when the moon most gloriously reflects the light of the sun. And that's a picture of what we're to do. Let your light so shine. And then the first Sunday after that, the church shifted the Lord's Day from Sabbath to Sunday because Sunday was Resurrection Day. Sunday is a little mini Easter. If you do give up anything for Lent, uh, I'm giving up alcohol just as a way of looking at is there any way that I use that to try to make myself feel more peace or more calm or feel better that God wants to bring into my life. Uh, do that during Lent. But then on Easter, the idea is on Sundays, you don't do that. Sunday is feast day. And we start with ashes. The question for today, for these first couple of days, this first step into this rearranged life is, not what am I going to do for God? You know, the good news about Easter is Easter does not depend on how well you execute Lent. It is, what, I, what can I not do? Ashes were a symbol in the ancient world of mortality. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Think about one of you that I know. You have an urn of ashes in your room as you're listening to this, and that's precious to you. It's our mortality. Ashes also became a symbol of repentance. I repent in sackcloth and ashes. It's entering into a way of life, a rearranged end of life, to receive something better. What can I not do that I need God's help with? I was reading Henry Now went to visit his dad when he was about 60. His dad was very strong, very successful in his 80s by then. And now in order to poignant line, he said, my dad was trying to learn how to stay young. I was trying to learn how to grow old. You see, if you try to cling to beauty, cling to your life, you will end up with ashes. Death will win. But if you start with ashes, you will end up with beauty. So the question today is, what is it that I cannot do? Where do I need to admit my need for God, my powerlessness? Beautiful story about this. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, we're told that there was a man in a synagogue on the Sabbath, and he had a withered hand, probably withered uh, his whole life long, probably kept it tucked under his robe so nobody could see it. It was a shame. Only on this day, Jesus is in the synagogue, and Jesus knows. And he says to this man, stand up in front of everyone. That sounds terrible. God does not want to be pointed out. But the text says, he got up and stood there. Apparently there was some time, and he must have felt so exposed, as we often do. There were people in the synagogue that didn't want anybody healed because it was a Sabbath. Jesus was not one of those people. Jesus says to him, stretch out your hand. 
Now, of course, that was the thing he could not do. He couldn't. He couldn't. But Jesus told him, and he did. Jesus enabled him to do what he could not do. And that miserable, shame-filled, uglied, shriveled hand was given beauty and power through Jesus. Now, the beauty and power, that's coming. That's Easter. Today is Ash Wednesday. My question now is, what is your shriveled hand? What can you not do? I'm so much more aware of that this year, this Lent. I used to think I can do stuff. I can build a ministry. I can grow a church. I can raise a family. I can do the dad thing. And I've come to realize I can't. I can't fix my family. I cannot fix my heart. I cannot fix my reputation. I can't grow that. I can't make my fear go away. I can't make my sadness go away. I can't fix my shame or my envy or my anger. I don't mean I used to not be able to do that. Now I'm strong and I, I can't do it. I cannot do it day at a time. That's okay. I can tell God, God, I can't. I need your help. That's where we start. We are the fellowship of the withered hand. So often in our lives, even sometimes in our churches, we think I got to come, you know, with strong right hand, with power and at no, no, no. We are the fellowship of the withered hand. So let me ask you today, what can you not do? What is your withered hand? Maybe your grief, maybe a loss, maybe your marriage, maybe your family, maybe your failure, maybe an addiction. Maybe you're old and you got a big regret and you can't take it back. Maybe you're young and you got a huge fear. It's okay. It's okay. We come together as the fellowship of the withered hand. The worse your story, the warmer you're welcome. A friend of mine named Mike, who's part of this journey, says that. I hope that you will text in uh, where you feel most powerless, where you most need power from God. I hope that we build a community. Little ground floor news. I'm hoping not just to do this series, but to build together kind of a thriving spiritual community online that makes resources available day after day for people who are in need to move towards God and move towards life. I'd love your help in building that. I'd love for us to kind of build that as we go along. And uh, each week, about 6 o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday, we'll post something, and then you'll be a part of a community of faith on the weekend. Today, here's the word for you. Stretch out your hand. That's what a little child does. It's the universal sign of help. Pick me up, hold me, care for me. And the heart of your father will not fail to be moved by that. Today, stretch out your hand. I'll see you tomorrow.